Welcome back to Menno HealthCast, a production of Mennonite Healthcare Fellowship in partnership with the Mennonite Incorporated. Today we again have a special episode related to the novel coronavirus known as COVID-19. I'm your host, Joanne Hunsberger, a pediatric anesthesiologist in Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm speaking with Anna Hershey. She's a 2009 graduate of Christopher Dock Mennonite High School, and then she went on to Eastern Mennonite University where she studied biology, and later she went to Jefferson University Hospital where she received her nursing degree. Anna, it is so nice to have you here with us today. Can you tell me a bit about yourself, where you're from, your training? Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm from Harlowsville, Pennsylvania, and like you said, I went to Christopher Dock Mennonite High School. Um, I have a degree in biology from Eastern Mennonite, and between getting my nursing degree and my biology degree, I was in Mennonite Voluntary Service in Chicago, Illinois, and I worked at a nonprofit um, doing the public health um, education. I graduated from, I started at Thomas Jefferson in 2015 for nursing, a second degree program, and graduated in 2017. And since then, I've been working as a staff nurse at uh, Jefferson. In Philadelphia. And what's changed over the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months? <laughs> a lot has changed since, of course, as everyone knows, COVID-19 became almost like the center stage of our lives and has impacted our lives. The hospital has to make a lot of adjustments to prepare for the fact that we might be seeing a surge of patients in the next coming days or weeks. So my role at Jefferson is I'm actually a pool nurse there, which means I work in different units across the enterprise in Center City and South Philadelphia in particular. So I fill up staffing holes. Um, but recently we opened a COVID-19 drive-through testing site, which is outside in a parking lot across from the main hospital. Tell me more about that. What's it like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Yeah, so I've been working there for about four weeks, and the call came out about four weeks ago to the poll nurses to volunteer to work in this testing site. Um, so I responded to the call, kind of interested in a new experience, and also wanted to help out in any way that I could. So this testing site is, like I said, it's in the parking lot. And we have two uh, options for patients. They can either drive through in their cars to be tested, or they can walk up to a table and a nurse will test them there. This testing site, you have to have a physician's orders. You have to either be exposed to someone who tested positive to COVID-19 or, and or be showing symptoms. So the physician is able to determine if you are eligible for the test, and then from there you would come to the testing site to be tested. And how actually do you perform the test? So it really just depends on supplies. Every day I feel like <laughs> it's just it's like different because sometimes we only have the oral swabs, and that is uh, just like a throat culture, like being tested for strep. Other times we do have the nasal oral or excuse me, nasopharyngeal swab, which is a swab that goes into your nostril and goes uh, fairly far back, which usually uh, causes the patient to cough or tear. And many patients find this test to be very uncomfortable. However, I think it, in my personal experience, I feel like as the administrator of the test, that is like the best way to get results that I probably shouldn't say <laughs> which way is better, but. 
yeah, both are effective for getting results, but they are both very uncomfortable pets. Uh-huh. They're a little bit invasive because they kind of go either deep into your throat or deep into the back of your nose. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it still hard for patients to get tested for COVID-19? In my experience, I've been testing people who have a physician's order. So you have to be able to be in contact with a physician. My hospital does have telehealth. But I believe it's like a $50 flat fee to speak to a physician to get the test. So obviously, that might be a financial burden for some patients. In Philadelphia, we have a number of sites provided by different hospitals. We also have a free testing center in South Philadelphia being run and coordinated by FEMA, which is giving priority to essential workers and healthcare workers, but is uh, free for the general public. However, I was told that because of funding, the testing site will actually be shut down tomorrow, tomorrow's their last day. I would say that, yes, it can be difficult to get a test unless you have the means or maybe the relationship with a provider to get the test, or if you're an essential worker. Sure, there are some barriers to getting the test like you've identified. Interesting that this free testing site is shutting down And so your understanding is that there's a lack of funding for this FEMA-run testing site? Yes, that is what I had heard. However, the news and media haven't elaborated on that, so I'm not sure, but I'd imagine that funding is probably an issue. I've seen on television and in the newspaper lines and lines of cars at some of these drive-through testing sites. Is that the case at your testing site? It's actually not the case. And when I see those images on the um, news, I'm very surprised by that. For us, I think because you have to have a physician's order, we are able to kind of cut back the number of tests that we actually administer every day. On average, we do about 100 to 120 tests. Most of these patients coming through are healthcare workers, either from Penn Medicine, Jefferson, beyond, or patients that are immunocompromised, going to dialysis, maybe, or cancer patients. And then there's just other individuals who uh, were concerned, were showing symptoms of exposure, and wanted to get tested. Do you know about how long it takes for the patients to get their results back? Yeah, so this is actually very problematic because our tests, we have two different labs that are processing the test. One lab is at Jefferson, which prioritizes employees and inpatient admissions and critical care patients to process the test. The people who are assigned like a quote-unquote rapid test, all their labs go to Jefferson. So it could be like inpatient admissions, healthcare workers. Those tests are taking up to three days to result. And then we have a group of patients of, that are not prioritized as rapid tests because they are non-essential or, um, you know, don't need the test results right away. So those tests are sent to uh, a lab corp facility, which is, I believe, on the West Coast. So those results are taking, we tell the patients three to five days for finding that the results are coming back five to ten days. Wow. 
that's a long time to wait for test results. What do you recommend to patients while they're waiting for their test results? Uh, follow all the precautions. If you are getting tested, you should act like you are positive. So therefore, you should quarantine, you know, stay in your home, wash your hands, try to not go out at all, um, wear a mask if you do have to go out. Yeah, just follow all of the guidelines that have been set forth um, already by the CDC. It's very challenging for people because we're in a community where we live with roommates, we live with family members, children, our spouses, our parents. So a lot of the patients come to the center and they're afraid, they're scared. They have a lot of questions. There's a lot of confusion out there. So as a nurse, being able to educate and provide comfort and reassurance during this time is very meaningful. But we're all in this together. So we just, it's hard to be patient. We live in a society that wants to know everything right away. And I know that's hard for me <laughs> to not know what's going to happen. I can't imagine waiting for a test result for 10 days, especially when it's one of a um, illness that is very contagious and can affect your health and you can um, deteriorate very rapidly. But we just have to take it day by day and just do the best we can to protect ourselves and others. Yeah, thanks for highlighting those challenges. I, I agree, waiting for 10 days for a test result could be hard on a family member, a parent to be separated from their children for that long, or how do you isolate from your roommates from that for that long? There are many challenges in that. You're right. In the news, I'm also seeing a lot about personal protective equipment and the shortage and frustrated frontline providers. How is it in your case? Uh, well, I'm very fortunate to work at a, a wonderful hospital and hospital system where our leaders, were. they've been reassuring us that they've been preparing for this epidemic for pandemic for a long time. So our supply chain is good. There's definitely been some adjustments that were hard to grasp at first, but now understanding that many other areas of our country are experiencing some severe shortage in PPE, I understand some of the adjustments that had to be made. Happy to say that as of right now, where I work, we have we're being reassured that we have plenty of PPE. Um, I always feel safe at work. I always feel like I have the supplies I need. It's just been a little bit of adjustment because we're being told to save our N95 masks and wear them, wear one for a week at a time. So typically we work three or four shifts a week, so we have to wear that N95 um, for the entirety or of our shift for three to four days or if we're just with a COVID positive or COVID rule out patient to wear the N95. Um, we were given brown paper bags and we were told to keep our PPE in those bags. So obviously it's something that was never done before, but part of being a healthcare worker and a nurse is being resilient and being flexible. And so this is what we have to do during this time. And we try to stay positive and, like keep up the morale, especially if, you know, we see, I see my colleagues and my peers across this country scared because they don't feel safe and 
I that could potentially be us at some point if this continues on. So as of right now, I'm happy to say that we do have enough PPE, but I can't put out of my mind the possibility that this might become an issue in the future. And I'm really encouraged to hear you say that you, first, you work for a great institution that is looking out for you, that has the protective equipment that you need, because when your institution supports you, that's that adds to your resilience so that you can be there to support your patients and educate them. And, and, it, and it helps you have the resilience to keep the morale up for your coworkers and just keep a positive attitude during this, during these tough times. It's the, all those things just, they just go together. What's something that you've done to find resilience, to find your inner strength during this time? Well, something I've been working on in the past year is becoming more aware of my mind by practicing mindfulness. And on my days off, I do try to become more in touch with my mind, my thoughts, take care of my body, do yoga, run multiple times a week. And I really do think that helps with anxieties or or at least help me identify what they are and I can work through them as the days pass by. Um, of course, I am unable to see a lot of my friends and family during this time, and if I do, it's at a distance. So um, being able to connect via FaceTime, phone calls, catching up with people I haven't caught up with in a while, these are all things that I participate in to keep going. These are things in your personal life that are able to help you keep going as a frontline provider. Yeah. When I think about your upbringing, what does it mean to you in terms of being a frontline provider? Like how has your faith called you to be a frontline provider? How do those things interact for you? When I decided to enter this career, I really felt like God had spoken to me, like, this is what you're meant to do. And ever since that calling moment, I've never doubted this decision. The ability to care for people, especially in some of the roughest times, like, is put to me, like, embodies what it means to be a servant, a follower of Christ. When I think of the acts that Jesus did, touching people who were considered dirty or unclean, cleaning the feet of people. This is how I see nursing, as touching people in their darkest moments and being a healer of the body, someone who is able to connect with someone in ways that you wouldn't normally connect with somebody. Being able to be in that position for people, for me, is just something that really embodies like my spirituality and my belief in God. And I always just feel like so honored to be caring for people and I love what I do and I I really hear you saying that not only does the act of caring for people embody the work of Christ but you're also caring for people that others might want to ignore or forget about and that that gives you that that just really aligns with your spirituality and your faith yeah I am so privileged to talk to you tonight. I wish you the best. 
Our prayers are with you and with every other frontline provider, as well as the people all over our world, in our country, in our states, in our cities who are suffering, but also find hope in people like you, Anna, who are just providing that care for those that others don't know how to care for. And I'm so thankful for you. Yeah, same to you, Joanne. It's been a pleasure. It's a pleasure talking to you as well.